are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everybody, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt. How's it going? Pretty good. I've been watching uh, watching some baseball this week. It's been awesome, and uh, doing a little bit of football watching this weekend, too, After since there's no baseball on, and of course, my... Uh, my Auburn Tigers were a, uh, a little bit of a mess yesterday, so that wasn't good. But uh, I've got my mind back on baseball now, so that makes me a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, we went for a, uh, I went for a, a help my buddy on his race car this weekend, and that did not go very well either. We uh, we came away with a totaled race car, so yeah. nothing more that uh, I can look forward to than some more postseason baseball because this postseason has been insane, even through just one series. Absolutely. It's been a fun so far. Yeah. So um, if we just look back at what our predictions were, it was not good. <laughs> um, we both picked the Rays. Uh, they moved on. We both picked the White Sox, and they did not move on. Uh, we both picked the Twins. They did not move on. Or win a game. <laughs> or win a game. You picked the Yankees while I picked the Indians, and the Yankees are moved on. Uh, we both picked the Reds against your Braves, uh, and they didn't win a game, so Atlanta moves on there. Uh, we both picked the Padres, so they did move on. Uh, we both picked the Cubs, and the Marlins moved on, uh, even though we did hit on the Marlins about being a sneaky contender. Uh, and then we both picked the Dodgers, and they moved on as well. So our predictions were not that great this uh, for this wildcard series. No, I, I, they were... Um... Well, they were okay. I mean, for me at least, I got five out of eight, so I got over over fifty percent. But I mean, I can't say the same for you picking the picking the uh, the uh, the Indians. But um, <laughs> Shane Bieber. Yeah, that was rough. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was three. We we talked about you know all year. You get into these three game series in the wild card, and I mean anything can happen just because of the nature of playing a shortened series. Um, you know, you have a couple of ball bounces a couple, uh, you know, the, a different way a couple times and you end up with a completely different team. Um, a couple teams had pretty dominant performances in their series, which was really impressive. The, the Dodgers were pretty dominant over the Brewers. The Braves were dominant over the Reds. I mean, but then you look at the uh, you look the other way around at, um, you know, some of these series like the Padres and the Cardinals, you know, the Padres, I think, were very easily the better more talented roster and the better team but you know the ball bounced the cardinals way a few times and if it you know bounced their way one more time they probably would have won the series so um it, it was a very entertaining wild card week um you had a couple game threes that were that were fun um close games um some history in the making on, on these series um you had teams that you know, break pitching records. A lot of a lot of good pitching, um, and not so great hitting in these in these series. Outside of the Yankees Indians game one, in which you had the best pitcher in baseball all year get absolutely rocked. Um, so it's it was fun. Um, we'll go we'll go through. Uh, I'm ready to dive into it. Go through each one real quick, and we'll you know talk about it. Yeah, let's let's just start with uh, the Tampa Bay. We'll just go from the American League down, and then we'll jump over to the National League. Um, we'll start with that Tampa Bay Blue Jays series. Um, we said it was going to be fun to see Bo Bichette and Kevin Vigio and Vlad Guerrero in the postseason. 
And I'll tell you what, the Tampa Bay Braves pitching said it will not be fun to watch them because we are going to take <laughs> care of them very quickly. Um, they won the first game three to one with behind Blake Snell, um, their previous Cy Young winner. Uh, he had a fantastic game one start, and then their second game they won eight to two. Um, to advance on and just lit up Hinjin Ryu. Um, gave up, I think he gave up, what, six in the second inning? I think so. There was a bad Bobichet error in there, too, that really hurt him, and then they gave up a grand slam to Hunter Renfro. So, um, I mean, I, I was shocked at game two at Hinjin Ryu getting lit up like that. I, I expected him with his postseason experience. He had a great year in, in Toronto this year, his first year there. I expected him to pitch a really good game and to, you know, potentially force if their offense could help him a little bit, potentially force a, a third game in that series. But, um, that was a, that was a disastrous start. Um, and, and the, you know, we talked about a lot of, in a lot of these cases, these young teams coming into the postseason, not a lot of experience and which ones are going to come in and, and play like they have been there before play experienced, and which ones are going to come in and feel that pressure. And the Blue Jays, you could tell a lot of their young players felt that pressure because making a bad error like Bo Bichette made is not Bo Bichette-like. He's, he's a great player. I mean, you've got, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of whiffs at the plate, you know, um, they just didn't seem ready for the moment. So, and that's to be expected when you have a lot of young teams in the postseason that you're going to have some teams that aren't ready for the moment. And, uh, you know, the Blue Jays have a lot of young players. They'll be back for sure. Um, and, I mean, the Rays, that pitching is really good. They looked great. Uh, Blake Snell, you know, pitched, I think he pitched six innings. Got maybe, got, he got a lot of strikeouts. Um, their bullpen, like their bullpen looks really and, good. Five and two-thirds with nine strikeouts. Yeah, so it's five and two-thirds with nine strikeouts. I mean, that's a really good line for him, you know. Uh, if you can get the game into the seventh inning with the the bullpen that the Rays have, you're in pretty good shape there. So, yeah, it was, you know, Tampa Bay number one seed, and they really just came out and asserted themselves right away. Yep. I mean, when you got guys like Manny Marco and Randy Rosarena um, doing the damage for you, you know, that's those aren't guys you expect to beat you uh, yeah. from the Tampa Bay. And they really had very good series, so. Yeah. So. And that Blue Jays pitching—it's very shocking, like you said, to see Hyunjin Ryu. But we also noted that their depth behind Ryu was not great in their rotation, yeah. and so. that very well showed. Yeah, it, it did. But I mean, like I say, the Blue Jays—good for them on making it this year. They're—they were—they had a good year, pretty good team. I mean, going up against the team as good as the Rays in that situation, the pressure probably got to them. But uh, that's to be expected with a young team like that. And uh, I think we can put a wrap on this series by just saying that, you know, the Rays are as good as advertised and, you know, they took care of business. Yeah, pretty much. So. Uh, well, we'll jump over to the Oakland White Sox series where this one went to a game three. Um, it really looked the way Lucas Giolito came out, and I, he had a no-hitter or a perfect, perfect game, game into, into the seventh inning. Yep. Into the seventh inning, yeah. And then wasn't it Listella that broke it up? Yeah, Listella singled up the middle to break yeah. it up. Um, uh, Lucas Giolito looked fantastic. This this was a this was a pretty entertaining series. I, you know, with all the series going on, I didn't get to catch every moment of this one, um, but I watched a pretty decent amount and. I mean the the starting pitching was was good for the uh, 
for the for game one for the White Sox. Um, Giolito pitched well. I thought Jesus Lazardo looked pretty good in game one. He gave up some runs, but I really thought his stuff looked really good. He got a lot of swings and misses. Um, you know, it just happened that the White Sox ran into a couple home run balls. Um, you know, we saw one of the most impressive moments of this postseason when Luis Robert hit that 485 foot home run. I believe that was in game game two, maybe. Um, was it game two? I don't remember if it was game one or game two, but um, that was really impressive. Um, and then the White Sox ended up, um, they, they missed some opportunities and they ended up having the injury bug. But um, game three, you know, I think their plan was they started Dane Dunning, but I think their plan was to go to uh, go to Crochet, uh, Garrett Crochet, the, the rookie fireballer out of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, they expected to go to him pretty quickly in that game, and they did. And then he got pulled from the game after one inning, not because he was struggling or anything. He actually looked spectacular. Uh, I think he had two or three strikeouts and when he was pitching, but then he got injured, um, and then he got pulled out of the game. And that really hurt the White Sox because I think they were planning on him giving them two or three innings, and he looked really good. And then uh, Eloy Jimenez also went down in game three, so – um, that, that's a bummer for the, for the White Sox. I know they had a good year. It's their first play, play, playoff appearance since I believe it was 2008 was their last one. Um, they were a really good team, and they just needed a little bit more starting pitching. Um, Keuchel didn't look great in the postseason. He, he had a bad start. Um, I mean, they, I think they could they could use some more starting pitching depth on that team, and if they get that, their bullpen is pretty decent, and their lineups got a potential to be lethal moving forward. So uh, it's a good season. You know, there's no shame in losing to the A's in three games, especially in the circumstances that they had. And the A's, you know, they finally got the monkey off their back a little bit. They had been struggling in the postseason, you know, losing wild card games the last two or three years. And uh, that was that was a really good, uh, really impressive for the A's to come in and without their best player be able to take that series over and, and win it. Um you look at you look forward for them going into the ALDS. Um, you would like to see um, you would like to see their starting pitching be a little bit better. Um, you'd like to see Lazardo maybe you know limit the mistakes just a little bit. He gave up a couple home run balls. Um, you'd, and you'd also like to see the um, the uh, your uh, the manager. You know you'd like to see him start Frankie Montas because I thought he looked really good too. So. Yeah, that was a questionable decision to start Mike Fires. I mean, yeah. we were even we were talking about Mike Fires to Sean Manaya, yeah. and then I look later because uh, I I haven't been able to watch these games because they happen a lot of the time when I'm at work. So yeah. I'm trying to listen on my phone as best as I can. Um, but I happened to glance one time, you know, just wanted to check up on the score, and I see Montas is on in relief, and I'm like, well, if Montas is available, why didn't you start him over Mike Fires even? Yeah. Um, but like you said, the White Sox, it, it's good to see them get there, get that monkey off their back for a little bit, you know, and get to the postseason. I I expect they're going to get more starting pitching depth. You know, you're going to have Kopech coming back. Uh, Rodon will have another offseason to get healthy, and hopefully he could finally break out like everybody says he will. Um, another year of Dane Dunning. Yeah. Uh, who's their other? Dylan Cease. If yeah, maybe get, year under maybe get Kopech, Kopech coming back. Yeah, so. and it, they, they're going to be a – a team to watch out for on that starting pitching market. You know, I could see somebody like a, uh, I think isn't like Taiwan Walker a free agent after this year. Uh, I could see Walker's them. A free agent. James Paxton's a free agent. You've, you've got you've got several guys that you could have uh, 
you could maybe take a chance zone and you know obviously they have a bona fide ace already so um you know yeah, that's they don't, the hardest thing to get they just they could usually adding a veteran starter kind of like they did with keichel this year and hope that their other guys develop a little bit and also uh hope that their other guys you know stay healthy i mean that that was a problem for them the guys like yeah. rodon and um and obviously um Kopech not being able to stay healthy but um but that was that was a fun series and and then you know it, it just it was it was tough it was tough for the white Sox, but um you know i think we all can agree that the a's are a good team they got a lot of pieces uh great bullpen um you know they'll be good moving forward so um i guess we can move on and look at the a's and the twins i mean the astros and the twins series now um that was uh that was an interesting one for sure yeah, Grinky. I mean, in game one, Grinky didn't look that great. I mean, he didn't look terrible, but they finally got to him in that fourth inning, and you know he gave up. I think it was like three walks in that inning, um, and he just was getting. He didn't look as precise as Zach Grinky does, um, yeah. and we really thought once the Twins scored that run, like man, man or, uh, Kenta Maeda was really. Yeah, he's looked he looked good for a while. He looked really good, but his pitch count got up there really high, so he got to you know five innings and he had to get pulled. And the really the star of this game one is Famber uh, Valdez. Uh, we oh talked about gosh, him. He looked great. A, we talked about him about being a possible like maybe game two or game three starter for them. And they brought him out of the pen and he went five innings, well, shutout ball, striking out five, only giving up two hits, uh, and pretty much just kept that Astros lineup in the game, which we talked about, you know, if, if their pitching could really keep them in a the game, their offense is really starting to come around and they finally proved that. I mean, they got to that re- really good twins bullpen. Yeah. And this was a rough series for the twins. They came in and having not won a postseason game in uh, out of their last 16 coming into the series. And uh, I think that pressure might've gotten to them a little bit. They had a really good year, but you know, there were a lot of things that happened to him right before the postseason. They they lost Josh Donaldson to the, a calf injury, which is really really worrisome for the Twins because Josh Donaldson was lost to a calf in, uh, injury back in I believe it was 2018 with the uh, with the Blue Jays before he got traded, and he, he came. That's the injury that kept him out most of the year. So uh, that's that's really worrisome if you're the if you're the twins because you know they have him signed for I think three more years. So you know is he going to be able to stay healthy and stay durable because this is now a recurring injury? Um, but I mean losing him was a big deal. Um, I mean this is a twins team that I think that pressure got to him a little bit like you know some other teams we've seen struggle in the postseason. They you know they got let late in these games and I mean you know. They've struggled. They walked in the run to win the game on uh, in game one, I believe. I believe it's the one they walked in the run. Um, I mean, it was they gave up a home run to Correa in game two that kind of put the game away. They just never and at the plate they just never could put it together all the way. I mean, they had some hits. They got on base some. Um, you know, they had their opportunities. They just, I mean, it, it was just a struggle for them you know, in, in these clutch situations and they didn't do well with runners in scoring position. And the Astros were able to take advantage of that with their postseason experience. We talked about coming in. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty surprised that the twins struggled as bad as they did in this series. Uh, Cause I really didn't believe that the Astros had the pitching to match up, but Hey, I mean, if Framber Valdez looks like that, I mean, the Astros have a 
have two arms and you know with Zach Greinke being the other even though Zach Greinke did not look great in September either it's something I, I didn't really notice until I started watching this this uh the telecast for the game he had really struggled in September uh to like a six plus ERA um and he didn't look good in game one so the Astros are going to really need for Zach Greinke to be Zach Greinke and not September 2020 Zach Greinke and then they're going to need to have these other guys step up and continue to pitch well. I mean, Framber Valdez looks so good. He probably will end up starting in the division series, if I had to guess, in, in one of the games. And then Urquidy looked decent. And Lance McCullers will be around. So, um, you know, they could put up a fight in the division series if their offense, you know, is, is continuing to play pretty well. And um, we'll see what happens with that. that. That was very interesting. And, I mean, I feel bad for the Twins because – they just seem to they cannot get their monkey off their back. They cannot win a postseason game, and it's really sad to see because they have they've had some really good teams the last few years, and they just haven't been able to do it. Um, you know, and, and this year you, you would you like their chances a lot because they had two really good starters throwing on you know in the first in game one and two they have a good offense. You know, you would think that they would be able to take advantage, but you know, combination of having the injury and then. You know, just some po- bad bad luck in a short series, as well as having you know, just some uh, some miscues, mishaps. So that error. Oh, and the one thing that I didn't mention was the error on Polanco really changed that series. So if that error doesn't happen in, in Game One, I think the Twins win Game One, which I think that takes a lot of the pressure off. You saw that a lot in the in this postseason in this wild card series. Game One was so important. So. Yeah, and another guy that that really shined for Houston too was Christian Javier. Um, even he came out of the bullpen in game two and he pitched three shutout innings with two strikeouts. Yeah. Um, we really said that Houston pitching staff would be their weak point and it really turned out to be their yeah. strong point in this one. Uh, and uh, with losing Josh Donaldson, he's somebody that just brings that swagger to a team and that confidence and that arrogance and brashness. And I think with him really being left off the roster, not even – just benched uh you know not able to play he was just left off the roster i think that really changed the mood for that minnesota twins team and it's really sucks because they were a fun team to watch but yeah uh, they they had a good year and this is gonna really diminish that good year but uh but we can move on now to the uh what we believed was going to be the most exciting series in the american league wild card but uh ended up being um the biggest snooze well the game two was really fun but um, it was an entertaining game too, but it ended up really not being that competitive of a series. Um, the Yankees and the Indians, the Indians had Shane Bieber pitching in game one, which we discussed beforehand. He's kind of, I'm assuming both of our picks to have won the American league Cy Young. And, um, he got absolutely rocked in game one by the Yankees lineup. I mean, judge hit a two run homer in the first inning. And I don't think, and you know, he does have a lack of postseason experience, and he never settled in after that. He looked really rough. He gave a lot of, you know, a lot of hard contact. He walked a few guys, which is very uncharacteristic of Shane Bieber. Um, he's a guy that, you know, this year, you know, was had one of the best strikeout to walk ratios ever, and uh, he had a really rough go of it. Uh, Garrett Cole looked like you would think Garrett Cole would look, uh, but the Yankees just absolutely obliterated the Indians in game one. And then game two was a very, very entertaining game in which uh, 
the it was the lead was traded several times. The wind was blowing like forty miles an hour at the start of that game too. I don't know if you saw that, but um, it was crazy, and uh, the ball was flying out, and there was a lot of I mean a lot of crazy what crazy good defensive plays in that game. Um, you saw like um, Gio Urshela saved that game with the diving play that he turned into a double play, um, and uh, I mean the, the Yankees were able to you know come out on top with their depth in their lineup. You know, we talked about how they were getting a lot of their players back and there's players that they got back. Stanton hit two home runs in the series. They Those players they got back really shined in the series. Yeah, Bieber came four and two thirds for Bieber, gave up nine hits and seven earned runs. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, like it was that, a rough outing for him. That home run to Judge was a fastball right down the middle. Um, you just can't make pitches like that. He did not look sharp. Uh, I, I know I'm kind of jumping backwards to that, but it that's his worst start, I would say, probably of his career, um, and you would not have expected that with the year he had. So yeah. that, that was a very big turning point in the series. In game two, it was it was even raining. I don't even think they should have started that game. Um, at that point, they probably should have just postponed it to the next day yeah. like they did with the Cubs and Marlins Yeah, they, game. Started, they started the game on – and, and then they played the first inning and then they all of a sudden had to postpone the, or had to delay the game because of rain in the first inning. So it was really, it really sucked for the teams because their starting pitchers went out there and they, you know, were all got all warmed up and they started pitching and then they had to take a 45 minute break. And that, that can really throw off a pitcher in, in a series, in a post, especially in the postseason like that, when it's such an intense series. So, well, yeah, like in, after you, you said that, after that first inning, they came back out. And in four innings, Tanaka ended up giving up six runs. And you look over at Carrasco, and in three innings, he ended up giving up four runs. Yeah. So you know, it's, was... it, it just shows. I mean, that Cleveland bullpen really did let him down. Karnachak yeah. gave up a run. Matten gave up a run. McKenzie gave up two runs. Hand yeah. blew the save. I mean, yeah. the Indians had the lead late, and Hand blew the save, gave up two runs. And, you know, then yeah. they brought in uh, Quantrill after. But it was too late at that point. Um but that Yankees lineup, I mean, it it's looked very feared. You know, yeah, we they, they even scored on our a last, lot of runs in this series. Yeah, on our last episode, we said, you know, they're starting to get everybody back. Will they? Will you know? Will the timing be right? You know, Judge and Stanton had just come back off injuries. Gary's really struggled. Um, you know, they've been carried by Lemayhew and Voight in this in this year, but uh, the entire lineup was hitting. And it honestly, that's what the if the Yankees lineup can hit like that. They are going to be very, very scary. For sure. So. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move on to probably the the series that had the best pitching <laughs> in it. Uh, I mean, I think we both kind of saw that coming, yeah. um, and that's going to be the Atlanta Braves versus the Cincinnati Reds. Um, that one had a historic performance by Trevor Bauer um, in the start. Uh, I believe he was the first guy ever – in the postseason to throw seven and at least seven innings with more than, or I think it was with 12 strikeouts and no walks. Yeah. Um, and and shut, I think it had to be shut out innings too. Yeah. Shut out innings. And he dominated when he was in there. Um, but Max Freed really matched him basically pitch for pitch. Freed pitched seven shutout innings with five strikeouts. Um, there was a little Twitter back and forth between Bauer and, uh, and Ronald Acuna after Bauer does this thing when he strikes somebody out or whatever, he does like a little, uh, Conor McGregor strut. 
Uh, it's very fun to watch. Got to have a pitcher that has a little bit of emotional batter show their bat flips and stuff. But Acuna posted this picture of Bauer or of McGregor doing a little walk and says like "Go home" or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little back and forth. It's been very fun. I, I don't understand how people like love bat flips and they love the the batter showing emotion, but when pitchers show emotion, they're like, "Oh, we can't have that." Uh, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Um, that was that was a good series. Trevor Bauer did look very good. Um, I mean, the big the big story of this series though is the Reds' offense really struggling, and the Braves having Ian Anderson come out and throw the game he threw. I think it's the big series. Trevor Bauer was awesome in Game One. Luis Castillo was really good. Maybe not quite as good, but really good in Game Two. Uh, but if you look at game one and the Braves 13 shutout innings from the Braves pitching um, and 12 shutout innings from the Reds pitching until uh, the bottom of the 13th and Th- Freddie Freeman got a walk off single. Um, that was it was super impressive pitching. Uh, one thing that really affected the teams in this series is that at SunTrust Park, they haven't there there are and it was really an effect in the in the Cubs Marlins series too. They played all day games and the shadows there were really a, a bother for the, the hitters. Um, it really hurt um, both teams, I think, because the Braves don't play too many home games uh, during the day because of uh, traffic concerns typically. So. They really don't, except on Sundays, they really don't play much at home uh, during the day. So that's something that they're not used to. I mean, they're obviously more used to playing day games at SunTrust than other teams, but it's still something that's not like a everyday thing for them. And then the um, the Reds obviously haven't played many day games at SunTrust. I think they might have played one last year. But the sun was out, and there was a lot of glare in the shadows, especially in game one really affected the players in, in that game so you know some of the lack of offense might have um, been had had some effect from that but I mean you look at the pitching and Ian Anderson in game two was you know as a Braves fan I was super proud of how he came out and, and pitched and I mean he lost his command just a little bit I think it was the second inning might have been the third inning where he walked a couple guys but other than that he was in control he was poised, and that was the thing that I was the most worried about. That's why I picked the Reds, just because the Braves had the potential to have two rookie starters throw in this game, I mean, in the series, and um, Ian Anderson didn't look like a rookie. He looked like the guy that had been pitching in the regular season that had stepped in, um, and he looks like a potential future ace, and um, the Braves did just enough offensively, especially in game two, hit a couple home runs late in the game that put the game away. Um, and the Braves got a little bit of a, you know, I keep saying monkey off the back. That's been a common theme for some of these playoff teams. The Braves had not won a playoff series in 19 years. They had lost, I believe, their last 10 playoff series, if you include wild card series that they played once the uh, against the Cardinals in the infield fly game. So um, you go back and you look at a lot of those series. The Braves had opportunities to win them. They had, they've had some game fives but they haven't gotten it done. And this year they got it done in this wild card series. And uh, that's something I think is going to really help their confidence going forward. It's, it's not, there's not quite as much. Um, there's not quite as much of, Oh, great. Here we go again with this team now. And, uh, but like I say, the, the pitching just tremendous. I believe it was the first time ever, uh, or it was the most scoreless innings in a row ever from a pitching staff or or on the other side, you look at the most scoreless innings for an offense, which is a bad record to have. Uh, but in the, in the postseason, um, 
which would have been 20, I think 23 innings. They played 13 a game, 22 innings. They had 22 scoreless innings for the Reds. The Reds didn't score a single run in the series. And I thought that was extremely impressive, especially with the Braves question mark being in that pitching staff. Yeah. They, it, for the Reds offense to just go completely silent like that, it was, uh, there was no hope in this series for them once that happened. Um, you got to, like you said, give a lot of credit to Ian Anderson uh, for coming in that postseason for first start ever and being very fantastic. Freed, I mean, we saw this all year. There was a little bit of concern with the ankle, but he came out and looked like what Max Freed's looked like the entire season. He's, he's really so, good. So that's. That's very, very good for the Atlanta Braves that they're gonna their pitching staff's gonna look like that. But uh we'll go ahead and jump over to this San Diego Padres and St. Louis Cardinals series. This was probably the most fun series to watch. Um, just because the San Diego Padres, they bring so much emotion to the game. Uh they bring I, I don't even know how to say it. It's just it's the epitome of let the kids play. It's yeah. that, that's what san diego stands for um yeah they have a lot of swagger yeah they came out and got punched right in the mouth early on uh it was was it goldschmidt that hit the home run in the first inning yeah it, it, goldschmidt hit a home run and then i think paddock gave up four runs in two innings or something so well he gave up four in the first for, for yeah four in the first and then he gave up he might have given up a couple more after that but yeah so the padres pretty much in the first three innings scored six runs um and it looked like okay well here comes the postseason Cardinals, like yeah. we always see. You know, they're a team that can always find some way to get into the postseason, and then just when they get there, they are fantastic. Um, it was a real shock for Chris Paddock to start Game One, uh, for Mike Clevenger and Denelson Lamette to be left off the roster. That is, that was a big sign that you know those two guys weren't healthy. And Honestly, at that point, I thought maybe the Cardinals had a shot in this series because uh, we were expecting one of those guys to at least be there. But uh, game two, it really just turned around. I mean, I think that was the one where they hit all of those come those uh those home runs. I believe they hit four. Was it in the that game? What Tatis had Something two. Something like that. Tatis had two. Will Myers had two. And Machado had one. So I think they yes, hit it five. Was, it was actually five. they might have did. Cronenworth hit one in that game too. Or was it just uh, no. in game three that he hit one? He hit one in game three. I think yeah. he hit he hit like a big single in that game. Maybe, if I'm not maybe. Mistaken. So I, I remember – I thought I remembered Cronenworth hitting one, but it, I might just be getting the game three one. I know he hit one in game three, so I might get, be getting that one mixed up. But, yeah, I mean, this series was, was super entertaining. I mean, um, talked about it. Fernando Tatis Jr. really struggled in game one, and for about half of game two, he looked lost at the plate, and then he came alive. And – um, the, the Padres had their contributions from Manny Machado that they expected. Um, but I think the biggest thing in this series was the other contributions they got. Will Myers is a guy that's been around for a while in San Diego. Um, and he's kind of been forgotten about a little bit with, with these young guys that have come in and, and the big free agent that they had brought in. But Will Myers hit two home runs a game two that really put that, saved that game for them. Um, you have uh, another guy in, um, J in, uh, in Eric Hosmer that's a veteran that played pretty well in this series, had a big RBI double. Um, you have another guy in Jake Cronenworth that was my my you know, rookie of the year um, that played extremely well in this series, had a couple big hits, had that big home run in game three that put the game away. Um, and then, But I think the big story for the – 
for the Padres is that their pitching held up in Game 3. They started Craig Stammen, and it was his first start since 2010 in Game 3 of the series. And um, that was uh, – they played a f- complete bullpen game. And they were going up against Jack Flaherty, who pitched pretty well, you know, after having a rough season. Um, he pitched well in Game 3, and but the Padres were able to bring out guys out of their bullpen. Luis Patino uh, pitched pretty well. Um, you know, that, uh, that was one that that was really impressive. And obviously their bullpen, the, the depth of their bullpen is good, you know, at the back end. And um, Trevor Rosenthal pitched really well and closed out his former team in, in game three, which was interesting, struck out the side. So uh, this was a really fun series. I, I thought it was entertaining. Uh, every game was pretty, pretty interesting um, with maybe game one wasn't the best. Uh, game three, like I said, the pitching for the Padres just, was was fantastic and uh i thought i saw where uh bob nightingale tweeted about how the um the padres used pitchers to win so um i wanted to elaborate on that just a little bit more than just saying they used pitchers to win because i think you have to use pitchers to win so yeah uh, very fun series and san diego fans were acting like they won the world series which Shows just yeah. how long and deprived that they have yeah. been of a very successful team. So they need to be careful cool. of, the, of a letdown, though, after that, because they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to be focused for their next series for sure. We will hit on that in just a little bit. Yep. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump over. We're going to quickly try and run through. I know we're rambling on here. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot that happened. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about this Miami and Cubs series. Uh, Miami one and two. Came out in the first game and uh, really took it to Kyle Hendricks after and after he had already pitched a really good game. He, I think it was what in the seventh inning he had like a hundred and something pitches and then he gave up a home run to Dickerson. Yes, a three-run home run to Dickerson. I did. I think they took him out right after that, right? He didn't. Yeah, give up they the did. Home run to he, Aguilar. Right. I think Jeffries. some Jeffers gave up the home run to Aguilar, a uh, former teammate too, but. Um, yeah, but the, the big thing about this uh, this series is the Marlins pitching. Uh, their Marlin that Alcantara, and who started Game Two? Was it Lopez? Sixto. No, it's Sixto. 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 Right. They looked really, really good. Sixto yeah. went five innings of six strikeouts. Um, actually, in Game Two, they shut the Cubs out. Uh, and then in Game One, Alcantara, I believe, went six and two third. Yeah, he, he went six and two thirds in Game One. Um, I, I think that I agree with you. This this was about the Marlins starting pitching and the Cubs offense. Um, you know, I thought the Marlins starting pitching, I didn't see too much of game one because the Braves game was going on at the same time, but I kind of, you know, kept up with it, obviously. But uh, game two, I watched the whole game and with it being on, on Friday after the postponement of game, of game two. And um, it was the Cubs offense looked abysmal in this series. I think... I, I'm not sure if I got the number right, but I'm pretty sure they said that Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant combined to go three for 21. Is that right? It was it was something really, really, really bad like that. And, yeah, uh, they went. I know Bryant and Rizzo in game one went 0 for four. Yeah. Uh, Baez went one for four in that one. I'm not yeah, sure. I, 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 I thought I, I thought I had seen where a stat where the three of them went three for 21 it might have been a different number but either way um the cubs just get you're not going to win games when you're three star players like that just completely struggle and i thought the marlins looked good i thought six looked like 
the best pitcher in baseball for the first four innings of game two and wore himself out a little bit. He was hitting over 100 every pitch. He was throwing strikes. His changeup was spectacular. His slider was really good. He was in control. He struggled a little bit after that game two, but the Cubs could never break through with runners in scoring position. They loaded the bases a couple times. Um, and that's kind of been the story for the Cubs all year. And then the bullpen for the Marlins was able to do the job. Uh, Brandon Kitzler, who was kind of a Cubs cast off last year, closed them out in game three. Uh, struck out the side, didn't he? Struck out the side. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, this yeah. Marlins team, um, you know, it, it was huge for them. I mean, they proved that they belong in the postseason this year and needed to be taken seriously because a lot of people thought that it was the, a fluke of the 60 game season. And I still don't know if they would have made it if it was a 162 game season with a normal playoff structure. But at the same time, I mean, they, I think they're actually a pretty good team that could have made it, you know, that could have, that could have been an over 500 type team. They, they, they do seem to belong and um, huge congrats to the Marlins. And after the rebuild in the, ownership changes and stuff that they've gone through on, on winning that series. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's huge for them. So, yeah. So that, and like you said, in game two, that's, that's postseason uh, nerves and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Uh, adrenaline, the postseason adrenaline coming out in six Oh um, yeah. You know, like that's what we talk about. You get the uh, postseason experience that, that, that just shows right there. I mean, he yeah. looked great, but he wore himself out really fast. Um, the Marlins have never lost a postseason series. Just saying. Seven and zero. So that's something to watch out for. Yep. Um, but another big injury that we need to talk about in this series was that Starling Marte got his left pinky broken. Yes. Uh, and that's a big, big thing because that's his bottom hand on the bat, and that pinky sits right there. So anytime that bat moves or swivels or anything, it hits against that pinky. Um, and he actually did not start in game two. He was only going to be a defensive replacement like in the last inning. But even at that point, he could hardly put on a glove because that's also his glove hand. So that's going to be a potential development to watch going into this yeah. next series. He's going to try to play through it, I think, but it's it's going to be tough. It's all going to be pain management. Yeah. So let's go ahead and quickly move on to this L.A. Dodgers versus Brewer series. Um, we, we can be quick with this one because this series was quick and was yeah. over very quickly. <laughs> L.A. dominated. That's pretty much what you need to know. Bruce Suter walked five guys in the first uh, – in his start in game one, he had walked five guys all year long. Uh, Dodgers are just very patient. They make you make their pitch that they want to hit. Um, they hardly chase out of the zone. And they pretty much just proved that. Uh, Brandon Woodruff looked really good in game two until he didn't. I mean, they just worked that pitch count up and made him throw enough pitches to where they could finally just, you know. They wore him down. Who who hit it? The main, was it, was it Seager? No, it wasn't Seager in that one. It was Betts. Mookie hit the RBI double. Double down the line, yeah. Yeah, he hit the RBI double in that one. Um. And that in and, and game two, the big thing is is Clayton Kershaw. Um, oh yeah, he was everybody that says everybody that says postseason Kershaw, uh, please shut up. Uh, he went eight innings, three hits, one walk, but that walk was in the last inning. He had thirteen strikeouts. This was a vintage, vintage Clayton Kershaw outing. Um, he he was just fantastic. Honestly, he probably could have gone the entire game, but 
at that point they just were like hey come out i mean he was at 93 pitches so he could have easily taken the last inning but with them just having a three-run lead they said let's just move it on to the bullpen and and just close this deal out and they did it was milwaukee was not a good team they were under 500 Uh, i think we all expected the dodgers to just roll and they did yeah really needs to be said about that series right a couple interesting nuggets in that series that you know, maybe moving forward, um, the Brewers came in with some injuries too. Um, we had uh, obviously Corbin Burns, we knew was going to be out after going down on the DL in the last or in the IL in the last two weeks of the season. But uh, Devin Williams, who was the Brewers' really good rookie uh, that was pitching out of the pen most of the year, he went down right before the series started with an arm issue and wasn't available. So that hurt them a lot. And um, then. Um, I thought that Christian Yelich looked really lost at the plate in the series. I mean, give some credit to the Dodgers pitching on, on a lot of that, but at the same time, he was swinging at pitches that were nowhere near the zone and didn't start in the zone, and were just he was just guessing the whole time, trying to do too much. Um, so I thought that was really – we said beforehand that they needed MVP Yelich to come through for them to uh, have a chance in the series, and he didn't. And then uh, the one thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is that um, – and I want to get your thought on this real quick because we're we need to move on here soon. But um, I saw our Greater All pitch the ninth in the closeout game, whereas Kenley Jansen was, you know, I don't know if he was unavailable or if that might be a sign moving forward because Kenley Jansen in game one he got the job done, but he did not look good. His velocity was down, his control wasn't there, and the Brewers were chasing and being really over aggressive at the plate, but uh, put some. But they've also put put the ball, bat on the ball pretty well in that in that inning and got a little bit unlucky. So uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on Jansen going forward because he did not look like himself in game one. I still have the utmost confidence in Kenley Jansen closing out a game. Um, he's looked really, really good this year outside of the really bad outing against Houston. Um, and going back, Dave Roberts even said like right after the game, like, hey, you know, maybe we'll see. But he went back and watched the film, and he said Jansen's stuff actually looked like it was. He just wasn't locating it. Uh, it but the, the pitches still had all the right movements to it. Yeah. Um, and he said Jansen was available in game two, but he wanted to stay away from him because of, I think he threw like 24, 25 pitches yeah, in that game it is one. The, game two was, I think it was like a three or four run game. So yeah, it was three nothing. Um, and he said Jansen would would be available. Um, I I expect if it was like a one run game, then Jansen would be in there. Probably. But but after Kershaw had just dominated, you know, Milwaukee's probably down on himself. I mean, to bring to bring in a guy like Bruzdar in that situation, I I I don't just think that's Dave Roberts just getting his young guy some confidence in the postseason. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I still I still think Kenley Jansen's the the closer and I think he's still one of the best closers in baseball. I mean if you watch this stuff a lot this year, it still looks really, really good. I I don't know what the velocity was, but that could just be him getting off kilter. Yeah. I mean he's such a big guy that he has to have everything synced up. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's what they were that's what they were saying. It might have been a little bit of that. So, uh, but let's uh let's quickly let's let's talk about the the DS. I know we're running a little. We're probably going to be running just a little bit long on this episode, but um, we're um we definitely need to talk a, a lot about the division series here. Um, we could talk about the, the first series uh are going to be the American League series, and they will be played starting tomorrow. Um, we're going to have the um 
the Rays and the Yankees is the first series. So we'll talk about. So the Yankees, I mean, the, the Rays are the one seed. And the Yankees were the four seed or the five seed. Uh, I believe they were the five. But um, this is going to be interesting. I'm excited. Um, Rays have that great starting pitching with Snell and Glasnow and Morton. Um, the, Indi- the Yankees have a fantastic starter in uh, Garrett Cole. Um, and the Yankees have that, you know, elite lineup and both teams have good bullpens. So I, I think this is going to be entertaining one. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's going to be entertaining too. And, uh, one thing we need to mention, um, about the postseason moving forward is that now teams are in bubbles. Yes. Um, so the national league is in a bubble in Texas. And the American League is in a bubble in Southern California. So this Tampa Bay versus Yankees series will be played in San Diego's Petco Park. The Astros and A's will be played in Dodger Stadium, which is kind of ironic because Houston playing their postseason series in Los Angeles in Dodger Stadium with no fans. That's going to be very entertaining to see. and then the Padres and Dodgers will be taking uh, place at Globe Life Field in Arlington, which is the Texas Rangers home ballpark, while the Marlins and Braves are going to be in Minute Maid Park in Houston for the Astros home ballpark. Yep. Um, and then I don't know where the the CS – it sounds like the ALCS will be in San Diego and the NLCS will yep. be in Texas. Yep. And then the It'll World the Series – Yeah, and the World Series is going to be in the new ballpark as well. Uh, so um, just – that little thing we need to, to clear up there. And, and one other nugget on the postseason, and this is this series, uh, the NLCS will be played, and the World Series, you know, we're not going to talk too much about in this episode, but they are going to allow, I believe it was 11,500 fans into those games too. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be really good to see fans back in the seats. But um, but this Rays Yankee series, I think, is going to be uh, very interesting. These are our five game series in in the NLDS and the ALDS. Um, but there, this the change this year. The other change is there are no off days, um, yeah. so you don't have because you don't have travel days. So the Yankees and the Rays, how does that affect them? I think it affects the Yankees a lot more than it does the Rays because the Rays have more starting pitching depth. Um, and yeah, I think Yan- starting pitching depth is going to be a f- big factor here moving forward. Well, the big thing is, like we talked about in, for the wildcard series, is bullpen games. Well, yep. if you're playing five days in a row, you can't have bullpen games. So you're yep. going to have to do starters. I mean, you can have a bullpen game in a five-game series, but you can't have three. Um or even, I mean, two is even stretching it, you know, depending on how many, who your pitching staff is and and uh, how many innings you're going to be trying to get out of, like, an opener or a long man or something. But, uh, I mean, the game one, Cole Snell, if it lives up to the hype, which we, we talked about the whole Bieber one, but this could be a very fantastic pitching matchup. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is, in all these division series, everybody's playing division opponents. So the Rays are playing the Yankees, who they've played 10 times during the regular season, and the Rays beat them 8 out of 12 times. Now that is with the Yankees missing a lot of their offensive help as well. Um, so it's going to be pretty fun to see you know this lineup go against a Snell, against a Morton, against a Glass now. It's going uh, to be whoever can make the, you know, if the Rays pitching staff against the New York Yankees lineup is going to be the deciding factor in this series. Um, because if the Yankees are hitting, then 
I mean, their lineup's the best. Be tough to lineup. beat. Yeah. Yeah. Their best line. Their line is probably the best lineup in baseball, if not right there closely behind another team. Whereas in the, you look at the Tampa Bay's pitching staff, you can say they're probably the best pitching staff in the majors. If not, then they're really close behind, you know, whoever you pick above them. So this, that's going to be a very fascinating series to watch from that. Is it the pitching or the hitting that's going to succeed? Right. I think um, if you look at this series, um, and we'll make our p- predictions here in a second, but I, I, I agree with you. I think um, one thing that is going to be important is if the Rays are able to um, mix and match their lineup enough to put up enough runs. Because I do think the, the Yankees will score some, but um, I think the Rays are, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to have the same contributions they had in the, in the first series from guys like Manny Margot and, Hunter Infro that have struggled some this year. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. It'll be an entertaining series for sure. Um, I think my prediction is going to be the uh, the Rays in five. Um, but, um, you know, I, that's a really low confidence. I think they're, I could very easily see the Yankees win this series. So I, I want to go with the Rays, but something's telling me to go with the Yankees. Um, so I'm going to go with the Yankees in four. Okay. And I can definitely see that. I mean, I, the Rays, the Yankees need to win game one. And if they win game one, that pressure might shift to the Rays because, um, you know, the Yankees need to win Garrett Cole's start. So. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump over to the A's and Astros. Uh, another division series we've talked about. Uh, very different A's team than played the Astros in the regular season, though. Um, but the A's did beat them seven out of the ten times. Man, in this series, I hate to say it, but I think you have to go Astros. I mean, this is also going to be one of those against the Astros lineup versus the A's pitching because the Astros pitching, I mean, if, if they pitch the way they did in Minnesota, then this is a no-doubter. But if they pitch the way they pitched all year against the struggling Oakland A's lineup, you know, it's going to come down to that. Um, but I'm always going to take the team in, in situations like this that probably has the best lineup against a poor pitching staff. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Astros, and I'm going to say they're going to do it in five. Yeah, that'll be um, that'll be an interesting series too. I think the, the A's are going to have a much better starting pitching um, rotation than people are kind of expecting in this series. I think that Manaya will be able to pitch, and he's going to be fully rested, which is important. Um, you're going to have, uh, I think Frankie Montas will actually get the start in the series. And then, um, I think Lazardo is going to pitch well in this series. He, he, he looked, like I said, his stuff looked really good in the wild card series. And he got that, he got that little bit of experience under his belt in the postseason in this pressure packed, um, se- season. So I think you could see, um, I think the A's are, are actually going to take the series. I don't especially believe in the Astros uh, lineup and, and pitching and their pitching staff either. I mean, I think the, a lot of the series against the twins was the twins missing opportunities and, you know, having some injuries and struggling in that way. Um, I think the A's are going to take this one in. I think the A's are going to take this one in five. I, I think it's going to be a close series. I think the Astros take a couple games, but the A's have had their number this year. They've went seven and three against them. Um, you know, this is also a, a, a kind of a, a series where the these teams have had some bad blood this year The with the Ramon Laureano situation, um, and these are division rivals. So this will be an entertaining, very entertaining series. 
Um, as in all of these it, division series, by the way, are division rivals facing off against each other, which is very, very strange and it's very interesting. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited for this one. Um, but I, I do think the A's win in five games. So, well, we'll go ahead and jump over to the National League um, and start with the Braves and Marlins series. Uh, this one, the Braves beat the Marlins six out of the ten times they played this season. It's going to be a battle of the pitching staffs, really, is what I think. You know, is are those rookies for Atlanta going to hold up? But at the same time. We just talked about the postseason adrenaline for guys like Sixto and Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. I mean, if, if those three guys can pitch really well, you only need to win three games. But you're going to have to beat a Max Freed and an Ian Anderson with your lineup. And if you're missing Starling Marte, who is probably one of your biggest pieces in that, how's that all going to work out? I, I don't know how you go against the Braves in this series just because they have the guys like Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman and Adam Duvall. But something in me is telling me to go with the Marlins. And I don't know why, but I'm going to listen to it, and I'm probably going to look back at this and say that I am not smart. But I'm going to go with the Marlins in four. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you look at the series um... – you know, the, the Marlins had a great, that was a great story beating the Cubs, but I do think that this is the, when it comes to an end for them. Um, this has been a team that has been, you know, fun to watch. Uh, they've done really well, you know, throughout the regular season. Um, but, you know, way above expectations. But the Braves have hit these starters, that the Mar- these young starters for the Marlins have hit them very, very well. Um, in fact, their last game against Sixto Sanchez, they put up seven runs against them, I believe six or seven runs and like three innings. Um, this is a series where the Braves have some confidence now in this postseason because of finally getting that postseason series win that they've needed for a long time. Um, you know, doing it against a pretty good team. Um, and I, I really don't think the Marlins are going to be able to put up enough offense against the, the top two pitchers for the Braves. I think you'll see, um, uh, I think you'll see, honestly, I, I don't think this series is going to be that close. Um, I could see the Marlins maybe winning a game here, but with the Braves bullpen being as good as it is, the Braves lineup is going to put up, I think the Braves lineup is going to come alive and put up a lot of runs in the series. Um, I, I think the Braves win this series in three or four games. So um, it's a great story for the Marlins to be here, but I think, I think they're, you know, I think this this season, I think their magic's going to run out here. Um, you know, and and you know, I, I like this Marlins team too. I think they're underrated nationally. I think there's a lot of good players on this team that were kind of castaways, but uh, I definitely am going with the Braves here, um, and and I'm going with them to dominate the series. Well, let's go ahead and jump on to our last series and wrap this episode up. Uh, and that's going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers versus San Diego Padres. Um, they played 10 times as well, and LA won six of those 10 matchups. This is really going to be the how the Dodgers pitching handles against the young San Diego Padres lineup. Um, yep. They are, they've had some bad blood this year a little bit. Um, Trent Grisham really has been kind of behind that. So this is going to be a big series for him. It, man, I'm going to go with the Dodgers, obviously, as a Dodgers fan. 
but I feel like they kind of, after that last series when Grisham kind of pimped a home run off of Kershaw, which, good for him, great for him. Um, but the Dodgers kind of took a little bit of offense to that, and I think it was just because of they think that Kershaw deserves a little bit more respect, but, I mean, you hit a home run off Kershaw. I mean, be happy about it. But I just, I don't know. I, something, it, what's Walker Bueller's blister going to look like? It looked pretty nasty, but he still looked really good. Um Kershaw, is he going to be postseason Kershaw? I know I hate to say that, but or is he going to be the Kershaw that we saw against the Brewers? So Mookie's looked really good. Seager's looked really good. Um, Bellinger's starting to kind of figure it out. Muncie's really struggled, but something's telling me Dodgers in a sweep. Um, I, I like the I like the Dodgers in this series. Um. The Padres. It's going to be interesting for the Padres. There's so many, so many variables in the series because you, you you're missing your top two pitchers in the wild card. You're able to you know get get through it. It does sound like Clevenger is probably going to pitch in this series. I don't think he'll pitch game one, but he threw the other day really well, and I think he was supposed to be throwing a bullpen like yesterday maybe. And they were expecting to have him in some form in this series. I'm not sure about Lamette. I know he threw some. I think a lot of it depends on if those starters are back, really, if the if the Padres are going to be able to hang around in the series. Um, well, they're a young, exciting team. Um, and the other, the other factor is that the way they're talking about Clevenger, um, they're just saying that we're not sure if he's going to be able to pitch. They're not even saying start. Um, right, so and that's what might, I'm saying. That they might throw him. He might be a guy. They might be able to bring him in to throw three or four innings in a game rather than throw and you know, a full start and then same yeah. with Lamette. Like that's kind of what I was thinking is if they're able to bring him out there to throw three innings, that's a huge boost. That's a huge save savior for their bullpen. Um, you know, that that's a big deal. So, um, you know, you've got, you've still got a couple guys that, you know, I think Zach Davies, you know, could, I know he had a bad start in the wild card round, but I mean, he still had a pretty good year. Um, you know, I don't think that Paddock's going to be that great if they if he if they have to go to him. He's he's really struggled this year, but um, you know, Garrett Richards maybe, and I I think you're going to see another bullpen game somewhere in there. So um, we'll see what happens with Clevenger and Lamette. Um, you know, that would be a really bummer for the Padres. You know, having come this far and then having those both of their two really good pitchers out. Um, I think that's going to be the factor in this series. If those guys are are pitching, I think the Padres have a real chance. If they're not, I don't really think the Padres have too much of a chance. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to win this series in four games. I think the Padres are able to manage one win, probably game three, off of a starter that's not Kershaw or Bueller. Um, and but you know, I think it all depends on health because if Bueller's blister is a factor. And the Padres are able to win game one because Bueller's not himself. And then, you know, you have Lamette or, or Clevenger able to pitch or able to start a game, even game two or game three, then you could end up seeing the Padres going up in this series. And if the Padres go up in this series, you know, there's all bets are off when it gets to when they when you get to clinching games, all bets are off. So I, th I think you could definitely see the Padres hang around and win in this series if they're able to stay healthy or get healthy. But I, I'm going to have to go with the Dodgers. Their lineup's deeper. Their bullpen is, you know, good. Uh, I think their starting rotation's good. Um, so, I mean, they just got, they just got so much, they got, they just got more depth. They're not starting 
you know, Jerkson Profar in left field. I mean, right. it's they they just got they got more depth. They've got guys that can come off the bench and hit. They've got like you know you know anytime you've got AJ Pollock sitting on the bench, I mean, you're gonna end up having a, you know pretty good time, pretty good guys out there. So, um, it's um, I think this is gonna be the Dodgers you know, in this series. But of course, you never know. Any of these series, it's the postseason. It's only you only have to win three games. Any of these series can go either way. Um, it's gotta be an exciting wild card round. I'm I'm super pumped up for it. I mean a division round. I'm super pumped up for it. Um I'm ready to go. I know tomorrow the AL starts. Um so I I'm I'm ready to I'm ready for it. I'm, I I can't wait. Yeah, I am excited as well. Um just noting that the even if game fives are necessary, this round of the playoffs will be done um, by Saturday, the October 10th. The game fives for the NLDSs are both on that day. Um, the ALCS actually starts a week from today. Yes. So by the time we – we don't know the start time on that because we don't know the teams and all that stuff. But by the time that we probably record our next episode – the ALCS would have been started already. Yeah, um, it'll probably be a night game. Uh, it, it'll be in its own on its own it should, on Sunday. It so. should be. It should be. So we might try and record a day earlier yep. and let you guys know. But if you guys want like up to date information as series are happening or stuff, be sure to follow our Twitter pay- account. Um, we are both on it and updating as much as we can. And that's at Batflip Podcast. Um, on Twitter, go give us a follow there. Uh, we try and give you as much information about even games while they're happening or upcoming games or just any information that we find out, rosters, all that stuff. We put all of that over there um, since we can't come to you guys with a podcast every single day. Yeah, for sure. And I've been trying real hard to update that, uh, you know, update everybody on the games and give a little bit of feedback and analysis on the games as we go. Um, you know, on that Twitter account, you can also follow us both on our personal Twitter accounts. Um, I'm at Matt Arcara um, on Twitter, and um, and Damien's at the Real D Boy 12 on Twitter. And we can, um, you know, we we definitely are tweeting about baseball a lot. Um, you might see some really, really, really bad uh, Auburn football takes from mine. You might see some bad racing takes from Damien's. So um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see. Um, We'll we'll see, but um, but yeah, it'll be fun. It's gonna be a fun wild card or uh, divisional series. Um, we're moving right along in this postseason. We only got we only got eight teams left, um, and we're gonna be down to just four teams by the time we record our next episode. And at that point, we'll be in the real postseason. We'll be in that. We'll be in the the championship series and playing for spots in the World Series at that point. So. Um, It'll be a big. This is a big week. Um, you're gonna see uh, some really competitive teams, some some really good stuff. Um, I do wish they were gonna have fans this week because fans just make such a big difference in baseball, especially in the postseason, though. And uh, that's a bummer that they're. But but I'm very glad that they're gonna end up eventually having fans at some of these games. And um, we're um, we're excited. We're ready to we're we're ready to go. Yep. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode nine of the Batflip podcast. We really appreciate all your guys' support. As always, you can leave us likes or feedback uh, through reviews on our Apple and Spotify. 
and we will uh, we'll make sure to get to those. And if you guys have any questions, you guys can either put them there or on our Twitters like we already gave you. So uh, thank you guys again, and we will see you guys next episode.